0: Nicola Everett.
1: Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Monday, August the 1st. And this is what it feels like then for England to win a major football tournament. Maidstone's Alessia Russo came on as a sub at Wembley yesterday, although she wasn't able to pull off a repeat of that incredible backheel goal in the semi-final against Sweden. After a nail-biting extra time, it finished 2-1 against Germany, thanks to a winner from Chloe Kelly after Ella Toon had put them ahead in the second and half. Well, last night there were huge celebrations at Margate's Dreamland where a giant screen had been set up for fans to watch the match and also at the Ashes Sports Bar in Maidstone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> has written her name in folklore.
1: Well, the team have been in Trafalgar Square in London today, showing off their trophy back here in Kent. People who knew Alessia as a youngster in the county have been joining the celebrations. On our sister radio station, KMFM, earlier, Robert Noomey caught up with Mary, who was a dinner lady at Alessia's primary school. She was born with a,
0: with a um, football on her foot. She was the most amazing... He was I, we looked at, I, I went to East barley School to look at um lunch times and Alessia was in I think year one or year two when I got there and me and mrs. Sunnox and there was Fiz Bolton and mrs Skinner, Sharon Skinner. We all we was all like dinner ladies, and Alessia was obsessed by football. She rarely played with the girls. She was born to play football. She makes East Farley so proud. We're and so proud to have grown up. I
3: bet last night when you were watching on the TV, you were just beaming, sort of wide mouth, right?
0: Uh, my voice, my voice don't so just. My, I texted my daughter last night. And I said, my is so sore from screaming going,
1: Wooster
0: <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, let's see, Letty and all this and everything. And even my daughter remembers her, you know, I she
1: she was just different. They also heard from budding footballer Daisy Jarrett and her dad Ryan.
0: I used to go to the soccer league camp and Alicia Ruffa used to play for them as well. So she like hosted it, like helped us coach it. So then I met her through that like tournament thing. Was there anything that she taught you that you now like take forward with you that you remember from those coaching sessions? Well, um, I'm a goalkeeper, but um, I did take on but Like, she's quite a confident person on the pitch. I feel like that's quite good. Yeah, you so got to have I that. I have kind of tried to embrace that.
3: Amazing. What was she like?
0: She's a really lovely person. She's quite talkative, and she's just like really happy to be there.
3: I should say at this point, it's not just that you've met Alicia Russo. Where were you last night, Daisy? I was
0: at Wembley.
3: (laughs) I can literally hear the smile. You're with your dad Ryan in the car right now, yeah? Yeah. Ryan, right, first of all, yep. love you for, for, for doing that. That is just, what, what an amazing daddy-daughter <laughs> trip. That's something you're never going to forget, right?
4: It, it was an amazing experience. I mean, yeah. the, the, the atmosphere was just incredible. I've, I mean, we've been to quite a few matches over the years, but nothing like that. That was just, you know, you never forget that.
3: Just, And you're, where are you off to now?
4: Um, so, Daisy, uh, again, so it's a soccer league day, coincidentally. Um, so, they've got a, a session which is actually being filmed. Um, so, we're going to have to dig into that now.
3: We, we literally could be talking to the next Alicia Russo right now, me.
1: Yeah, I know.
3: That could be you, Daisy. Um, yeah,
1: hopefully. Well, 17.4 million of us tuned in to watch the Women's Euros final on TV last night. That was a record for a women's football match in the UK. So what will the legacy of the tournament be? And will it encourage more girls to get into sport? Well, I've been chatting to Rebecca Moore, who's from the Kent FA. It was buzzing from about...
5: I think we got there about lunchtime and there was about 20,000 people in Wembley from then all the way through until sort of nine o'clock. So it was absolutely electric.
1: Just watching it on the telly, I mean, the atmosphere did seem incredible. Were you always confident throughout the game and as we went into extra time? Quietly.
5: Um, We had had a spell, didn't we, that second half, we looked a bit shaky. Um, But I think first half we were fantastic and yeah, I don't think there was many doubts.
1: When that second goal went in in extra time, what was it like? You couldn't
5: hear yourself think. It was unreal.
1: What do you think this has done for the women's game? Because the whole tournament has really just everyone's got behind it and it's just grown. What are you hoping happens now?
5: I guess it's about seeing the impact of the, of the legacy. Um, so what gets left behind now that the Euros is over, obviously, For young women and girls, it's so relatable for them. So it's easy for them to see this as inspiration and they've now got so many visible role models that they can aspire to be like. Um, But I think it's also important that the people around the game that are supporting the game now, so even the men that get involved, because we need male allies in the game. We're not going to be able to to support the growth and and have the game in isolation doesn't work. Um, So I think the the way this has just brought everyone together and raised the profile of of female football is fantastic.
1: Absolutely. It was the biggest crowd ever to see a Euros final, um, men or women, which is fantastic. How important is it now, though, that those fans, as you say, go to women's games in future when the season gets underway?
5: Yeah, I think it's really important. I think keeping it visible and keeping the interest and keeping people with, within the the elite setup just filters all the way through. Um, I think those who can get down to sort of their local high-end clubs and go and see what it looks like week in, week out, I think it's a great occasion and it's a good family event as well. Um, the women's games always attracts loads of families. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's really important that the momentum continues.
1: There's always talk, isn't there, about um, money within football and and how it's spread around. Do you hope this will perhaps raise the profile and say, well, actually, this is where the funding needs to go and, and you get the appropriate amount of funding to build that side of the game?
5: Yeah, I mean, we've shown the difference that the funding in- and investment makes. I mean, if you compare us back to 2009 when uh, the final against Germany was nowhere near as positive, but the difference in the professionalization of the WSL and full-time players now it's shown what we need um so I think the the results and the progression speaks volumes in terms of of the funding and support so it's definitely an angle that we need to continue but it's going to take some time to grow. It's not going to happen overnight.
1: And of course, in Kent for the, for the young girls playing in the county, we've got a, a wonderful role model. Tell us a bit about um, Alessia and what it was like to see her on the pitch last night.
5: She's been absolutely fantastic throughout the tournament. And I think the legacy she will leave behind, she's, her journey is so relatable to these girls. I think even seeing local wildcat centres when they're the girls are turning up now that they're standing in front of goal trying to back the ball in the back of the net, like that there really is an impact there already. Um and I think that's only gonna get stronger. It's only gonna continue. So She's been absolutely phenomenal and hopefully um, that raises the profile for Kent and it and it inspires young people to follow her journey.
1: Well, if you have been inspired and you are interested in getting involved in football, the Kent FA have loads of opportunities for you. Just search for them online or head to the Find Football website where you can also get details on what's going on right near you.
0: Kent Online News.
1: Some other top stories for you today and a man from Whitstable's been sent to prison after driving his motorbike at a police officer. Jordan still Simpson from St Luke's Close ignored calls to stop and ended up on the officer's stomach in Larkfield in December last year. The 24-year-old's been jailed for six months and banned from driving for more than two years. Two men have been jailed for more than five years each after stealing jewellery from properties in Kent. The 30 and 34-year-olds targeted addresses in Sevenoaks and Dartford earlier this year. A third man is due to be sentenced next month. McDonald's staff in Chatham have had to barricade a to try and keep a group of young people out after they started spitting at staff and throwing sauces around. At Kent Online today, you can see the shocking video footage of the trouble which started yesterday afternoon. One customer described seeing youngsters smashing wet floor signs on the ground and turning on an Uber delivery driver. We have been in contact with the restaurant for a comment. It's thought a field fire near Gravesend may have been started deliberately. Cut corn and hay bales were completely destroyed in the blaze off Downs Road in the Eisted Rise area yesterday afternoon. We're told thankfully no one was injured. But an investigation is underway into how it started. Now, a Dartford woman has hit out at vandals who've scrawled nasty messages on signs put up by Samaritans. The notices are near Joyce Green Lane and urge people to get help if they're struggling with their mental health. Well, Georgie Charleston says the comments are disgusting and she's been speaking about it to our reporter, Sasha.
0: I lost my brother to suicide nearly three years ago, so... Whenever I see a Samaritan sign, I always look at it and I always just kind of take a moment. And I'm not sure when they'd been defaced, but it was literally Friday morning, just walking over, had a look, and I just seen they'd have these just awful things scrawled across them. Um, and it kind of really struck a chord with me. It kind of, I saw it, and it made me kind of stop in my tracks for a second. And yeah, obviously, I took the pictures and I thought, well, I don't even know, I don't even know where to start. In terms of reporting this, like, how do you go about it? So I know that everyone puts these little things on the Facebook group and I thought, you know what, this is actually something worth mentioning. Just the words that were on them were just awful. And like I said, just imagining if someone is in that position and then they see the one thing that's meant to help them, just seeing these awful things on them. What do you hope um, will sort of happen um, in the future to sort of prevent certain things like that from happening? Be well lit. Um, there's no lighting in that area so for it to be CCTV cameras and for people to realise that you know this is a serious subject and this is why there's such a stigma attached to mental health and suicide and um, men's mental health as well Um, that's why there's such a stigma attached because people, that's probably just kids but this is coming from their parents they're not Teaching them that it's okay to be okay, to be sad, and um, that you you don't treat anyone any differently for the way they feel.
1: Dartford Council leader Jeremy Kite has also described whoever did this as the lowest of the low. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A scammer from Ashford has been caught selling fake designer goods on Facebook. 32-year-old Hope Jarvis from Repton Park was advertising Nike, Gucci and Hugo Boss products. Trading standards caught the woman in an undercover sting. She's now been sentenced to a 12-month community order and also has to pay £1,000 in costs. The Kent Online podcast has been told action needs to be taken on a busy road in Sittingbourne to keep school children safe swale councillor james hall is calling for a zebra crossing on tong road in merston which he says is a dangerous spot
3: children from great east hall um, come here in the morning sometimes the afternoon and obviously when they finish school in the afternoon early afternoon and they find it very difficult to get across the road a young child was killed here many years ago and recently in the last two years there was two children knocked over i think it was reported to the police So I think it's very, very vitally important that we don't allow a fatality or any injuries to any children going to school in the morning.
1: He's also, calling for Kent County Council to extend a 30 mile per hour stretch there. Well, KCC say they're committed to introducing traffic calming measures this summer. A dramatic video at Kent Online today shows the moment two people were rescued after getting into trouble in the rough sea off Dover. The Coast Guard helicopter was called to get the pair to safety after they got stranded on the ledge of a pier in Shakespeare Bay. They had an inflatable dinghy, coats, and bags with them and were winched to dry land. Also, on the Website today, you can see pictures of a sports centre in Ashford, which visitors say is unclean and unhygienic. The Stour Centre recently underwent a £7.5 million makeover, but the images show dirty tiles, rusting handrails, and even discarded food. Well, the council say they're aware of the issues and are working hard to ensure it's clean and tidy. They're also investigating a permanent solution to stop rust marks. Now, a dad from Northfleet says a tree he'd planted in memory of his teenage son has been destroyed by mindless vandals. Jay Paternoster put the silver birch outside his home as a tribute to 18 year old John Jackson. Who took his own life in two thousand and six? The fifty-six-year-old and his wife pulled into their parking space to find the trunk had been snapped in half. Well, Jay's been speaking to our reporter Alex, and he's told her he was devastated.
2: I was heartbroken. I just, I just couldn't understand why somebody would needlessly break it. I mean, there was a little plaque down here which has disappeared as well. Um, I just, can't, for the life of me, can't understand why somebody would do that.
1: How did you find out that it happened?
2: Um, my wife and myself had been out, and as we pulled pulled up in the car, it was my wife that noticed first, and she just went, <gasps> like that, and I was like, what, what's the matter? And then she just pointed and said, look at John's tree, and uh, yeah, my heart sank.
1: And obviously, I guess, as we've kind of discussed before, it's a bit a bit mindless vandalism, really, isn't it? People don't maybe think before they do things. Mm. So w- what do you think about the people that did it? What do you think was going through their heads
2: at the time? I... Honestly, I don't know. I mean, when we were kids, you just wouldn't do... Th- well, we'd be in serious trouble with our parents, so you wouldn't do this sort of thing. And I really can't get my mind around why somebody would needlessly vandalise you know, a, a tree, especially when it's one that's dedicated to someone.
1: Obviously, the, you've been told that the council were going to come out and replant it, so how does that feel, sort of being able to have that memory again back
2: oh, alive? Oh, that, that was wonderful. Wonderful. I found out who actually organised it within the council and I'm very, very grateful for it as well. Kent Online reports.
1: A cannabis plant's been found growing in a town centre display in Tunbridge Wells. It seems council gardeners have unknowingly been watering it for several weeks near the Millennium Clock in Calverley Road. It got to about two feet tall before anyone realised. The council say it's now been removed. A grammar school in Faversham has been given the go-ahead to build a new sports hall and treble the size of its canteen. Work at Queen Elizabeth's in Abbey Place is due to get underway later this year and will also see its entrance get a makeover. The up. Grades are set to cost around three hundred and fifty thousand pounds. You can see what it could eventually look like on the website. A new four-storey apartment block is going to be built in Tankerton, despite concerns it would overshadow the neighbouring tennis courts. The eight properties will replace a restaurant and charity, and the three flats above in St Anne's Road. Well, council bosses insist there will be no harm to people playing tennis, and the restaurant's owners say they are planning to relocate. Kent Online reports an old cinema in Tom bridge wells could be turned into new homes plans have been submitted for 166 properties on the site of the derelict abc cinema right in the town center if it does go ahead a cafe spa and gym will also be built meantime you can head to kent online today to see kent's first wendy's store taking shape the american burger chain branch is being built on Week street in maidstone where the former car phone warehouse used to be construction started back in may and it's set to open in the next few weeks The world's biggest interlocking brick bridge has gone on display at Rochester Cathedral. It's made up of more than 200,000 tiny bricks and will be on show until the end of the month as part of their summer activities. The Bridges Adventure Golf that was in the cathedral a couple of years ago has also returned. This time it's in the gardens outside. Harry Styles has knocked Beyonce off the top spot of the Kent Top 40. Late Night Talking is a new number one, followed by Calvin Harris's Stay With Me on our sister Radio station KMFM. While Cigala's Stay in the Night is at number three, Alex and Numi will be back with the chart on Sunday. And congratulations today to Kent Kellybrook, who's got married in Italy. She tied the knot with fiance Jeremy Parisi over the weekend.
3: Kent Online Sports.
1: Football and it wasn't the start to the season Gillingham fans had been hoping for. They lost two 0 to AFC Wimbledon at the weekend. It was their first game in League Two after being relegated on the final day of the last campaign. Well, this is what boss Neil Harris had to say to us after the match. I
4: thought we had a lot of control in the game. I don't think it was a lot between the teams. I think we were a better team, um, but football matches about winning games, and ultimately we, we've made two costly errors. From restarts, one from a throw-in and one from a, cor- uh, from a corner and the ball ends up in the back of our net both times. I uh, just said to the players, uh, in the worst case that game needs to be nil-nil. Um, you know, They're a tough side of breakdown of their the, the defensive block of five at the back and three sitting in front and, and at times we we're in some good positions but we, you know, we couldn't punish them um, and we left the door open twice from poor judgement by senior players um, and I just said we have to be better in both boxes. Goals aside,
3: the the work you've been putting on the training ground, have you seen enough of that in practice today on on, on the pitch? Were there positives for you in that?
4: Yeah, we we, we move the ball nicely at times. We we had some good patterns. We we, we want to be a team that that, that, that can do both, pass the ball, but also mix it with physical teams. Um, And and today there was a lot of good stuff about the ball and with the ball. Um, Ultimately, I think we can move the ball slightly quicker. Um, They're a hard team to get behind because they're so deep. Break down, um, but then you, you have to find different ways. And we hit some good angled balls today, we just didn't get around the seconds enough. Um, I can't bemoan the lads too much. Um, what well, we'll say in the group, I need a winning mentality. I need a winning mentality, and we need a clean sheet mentality. We had it to a certain degree last week at South which was a real opener for today. Um, but some of you have to step up a little more on that. It's the first game of
3: the season, isn't it? I appreciate you want to win football matches, but in your own mind, it, it's the first game and it's a marathon, not a sprint. And obviously, you'll be you'll be making progress as we go, and that's the
4: aim. Yeah, of course. Yeah, was disappointed to, to lose a game of football. You know, I didn't want to lose our opening game. You know, the worst case, you want to come here and get a point and, and get off the mark. Um, but it, it, it wasn't wasn't to be. Um, if we if I stood here and we would won two 0 I wouldn't be up there. So as you can tell, I'm not. I'm not on the floor today. It is a long season. Um, we saw areas today where we need to get better. We need to get better quickly going into Rochdale next week because uh, League 2 can be unforgiving the same as any other league. Nearly
3: 1,200 fans behind the goal. They were seeing what they could from start to finish. You know the support's going to be there all the time, don't you? They're going to be a very important 12th man.
4: Yeah, so support was great. Uh, Coming come in the numbers, excited to see a new team. Uh, you know, I, 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 I warned that we are a new team we carried over six players in our season and one of them is not available at the moment the Stewie so we've got five players available from our season uh, because of international claims we couldn't involve Lewis Wilker today um, you know, player we've chased for the last four weeks uh, finally got him over the line couldn't involve him because the Italian FA were too slow in, in the paperwork and you know we have to go have a youth team player involved so uh, look, we've got to be patient uh, but I don't want to be patient, I want results and, and the fans come with their numbers to get behind the team and, and they did. Um, and they'll, they'll go home with some glimpses of good stuff they saw today, things they really liked and other bits where they know we're going to have to sort of maybe get a little bit more streetwise in they too.
1: The Jules' first home game of the season is against Rochdale on Saturday. On to news from the Commonwealth Games now, and there have already been plenty of medals for Kent athletes. John Boy Smith from Gravesend won the wheelchair marathon over the weekend. In gymnastics, Maidstone's James Hall, his former Pegasus club mate Courtney Tullock, and Gravesend's Gianni Regini Moran reclaimed their team title, while Georgia May Fenton, who's also from Gravesend, claimed gymnastics team gold with the women. Well, James also took silver in the men's all-round gymnastics final despite an ankle injury. Meantime, Gravesend's Sophie Caldwell helped England to team gold in the triathlon mixed relay. And Kent's gymnasts have been going for more medals in Birmingham this afternoon. Dartford's Gianni Regini Moran was in the final of the individual floor event. James Hall goes in the Pommel Horse final. His former teammate Courtney Tullock goes for gold in the rings. And Gravesend's Georgia May Fenton competes in the women's uneven bars. We will have details of all the results for you in tomorrow's podcast. And finally, in cricket, Kent captain Sam Billings has signed a contract extension at Kent, keeping him with the side until the end of the 2025 season. He's so far scored more than 7 thousand runs for the county grant stewart has also put pen to paper on a new deal however bowler matt milnes will be leaving kent at the end of the season to join yorkshire well that's all from us for today thanks ever so much for listening don't forget you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram you can also get access to the ad-free kent online premium site to do it you need to subscribe just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe
0: news you can trust